What's up, everybody? Welcome, welcome. Today we are Bible chatting, and I have a special guest who will introduce himself in a minute. Before we get to anything, let's begin with a prayer. Lord, we praise you and glorify you. Please lead us and guide us both. Help us to say whatever it is you want us to say. Help us to do your will. Please bless everyone watching or listening that you help them do the same, that you're with them. You lead us and guide us all. Thank you for your work. Help us not only to be hearers of your word, but doers of it. Help us put it to action when we learn today. Now, my name is Jesus Christ. Amen. My name is Christopher, and I am 14 years old, and I have a podcast. I'd love for you to check it out. God of it's called God of Everything. It's you, G-O-E with Christopher on Anchor. Please go check it out. And this is... My name is Gabriel. I'm a good friend of Christopher's here. Joining him on Bible Chat. Yeah. So, today we're on the topic of sex. Okay, so uh, we have a couple of verses here. We're going to read it, and then we're going to chat about it. We're going to like bring our own thoughts on the verse. So, uh, yeah, the first verse is... first verse is going to be 1 Corinthians 6.12. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not lawful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Foods for the stomach and the stomach for foods, but that will destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. What does that verse mean to you, Gabe? It means basically that God... Uh, ordained sex to be part of a marriage. It's something that um, is not meant to be immoral, but treated with and treated with respect and to be revered. Because it's something that God created. It's not something that was out of the blue moon and men decided to dictate how it works and do what it is now. But I think this is the principle of, of how Marriage was established to be something moral in God's uh, image. I'm not sure what that verse means to me. Um, can I like read yeah. it and then where is it at here? Right. Okay, let me. Okay. Wait, where is it? Not mm -hmm. here. Ten. Just twelve. No. Right here. Okay. Right. Here, this part right. Here. Okay. Okay. So. The last part of this verse says, now the body is not for sexual immortality, but for the Lord. So I believe just that part is saying that sex is made for the Lord. Something that he created for himself to honor and glorify his name. I'm not sure what the rest means, but I'm just going to take that and yeah. That's well, what I, believe. I can tell you that what he's saying in the first part, where it says that all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful, basically is like sex. Sex is something that is lawful, mm -hmm. but done incorrectly, it, it basically uh, separates us yeah. from God. So basically, uh, you can go ahead and smoke, right? You can go ahead and drink, you can do all those things, but are those things really helpful yeah. for you? Do they really get you anywhere in life, closer to God? And that's the same way. If we do sex immoral, we're not getting anywhere towards God. It's not helping us. So you can do anything you want, but if it doesn't help you get closer to God, then really it's not doing you any good. All right, now I understand the verse. But I took that little part, and that's what I believe that part is saying. Okay, so the next verse is... 7-3. Um, it says here in 7-3... Yeah, First Corinthians 7 Let the husband render to his wife the affection due to her, and likewise, also the wife to her husband. Okay, what does that mean to you? First, I believe it establishes the fact that Marriage is for man and woman because it's for husband and wife. And that's the first step. And then here saying that a 
man is supposed to dedicate affection to his wife and give her what she deserves. Likewise, the wife is supposed to give affection that the husband deserves to him. It doesn't matter what affection, but it's something, an affection that is also a pleasing to God. And God says that we're supposed to separate basically time for each other and, and not just be selfish. Because with sex, we can become selfish. But it shows you that sex is not supposed to be selfish. It's supposed to be paired upon two, which is husband and wife. Yeah, I believe that's what she's saying, that, that uh, sex is for a husband and wife. One, one man and one woman. And the verse says that they should show affection to each other. I mean, they should acknowledge each other. And, you know, when, I don't know how to explain it. Like, uh, like they should pay attention to each other, basically. Like, you know, they're married and they shouldn't be, you know, not paying attention to each other. The Bible says that they should. They should show affection to each other. A man to the woman and a woman to the man. That's what I believe that verse is saying. And we get to 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. It says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were brought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body, and in your spirit, which are God's. So, even though it doesn't say uh, sex directly, it is stating that everything that we do, including sex, is supposed to be glorifying God. Our bodies are supposed to be glorifying God. So, we need our bodies to do sex, so guess what? Your sex has to glorify God. It has to be following what he said. Now, I think that's what, what, what in the world that we live in today, that it's the total opposite. It's a game. How many women, how many men can I get? You know, and, and that's where that's where marriage and that's where sex is defiled. This is not under God's uh, authority. It's not under what he wants and what he created in his image. You know, he told Adam and Eve, go and reproduce. He told the first man and woman of this earth, to go create a family. But then we got people who just do the opposite. Go ahead and do whatever you want. And then that's why we, we have so many problems with, with sex and people start getting scared talking about sex and this and that. It's something God created, but unfortunately, we as humans, certain one, people don't take it seriously. And I think it's something that should be taken seriously. Yeah, and I think what you just said, that's where divorce comes in. When people have sex with different people. They don't want to be with them, and that's when exactly. divorce comes in. They're like, oh, okay, and then they separate. Exactly. Uh, so what I believe that verse means is that our body is the temple of the Lord. It's not our own. We manage it, but it belongs to God. And so when we choose to sin with our body, we're sitting with. When we choose to sin with our body, we're sitting against God because our body is belongs to God. And so that's why we should wait for the man or woman who has to not have sex with anybody because then we're sitting against our body and sitting against God. And we have this uh, Genesis 2.24 says, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they both shall become one flesh. And that's awesome verse. That's that's the whole goal of sex. Is to be joined to your wife and not that you become one physical uh, flesh but you're one in the spirit. You come and join each other to start a family. To do whatever it is, you're leaving your single life of being with your parents to come now and live together. And what 
would, I guess the term would be consummate the marriage by becoming one flesh. But not just one flesh is to be one flesh, one flesh under God. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and, and that's that's the whole that's the whole definition of the thing of sex is be one. You know, and, and and that's the thing. When you go ahead and and have multiple uh sex with multiple people fornicating, because that's what that is basically, and you're fornicating, you're not becoming one flesh. You're, you're you're putting yourself into multiple people and you're not doing anything under God's will. You're doing everything the opposite way. God didn't say go find multiple women and, and do whatever you want. No, he said go find your wife, separate from your parents, and come together as one. Yeah, what I believe that person is saying in that is that when we become mature, when God sees that we are mature and are ready to be married, we should leave our parents and he will bring the woman or man that we are to marry, and then we marry them with the Holy Spirit. So it's one in the Holy Spirit, not that you literally have to, you know, become one body or, you know, literally. It's in the Holy Spirit. You become one with the Holy Spirit. Let's go to Hebrews. Let's pull it up here. Hebrews. While he's getting that, I would love for you to grab your Bibles and head to that verse. We're on Hebrews 13, chapter 13, verse 4. Yeah, I wonder if Bible's chapters are just hidden somewhere. I think it's uh, after Acts, I think. I, think I, thought, I thought it was. Ah, oh, here we go. Okay. Okay. Four. Yeah. So it says, marriage is honorable among all. And the bed on the file were fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Everyone's like, oh, God's gonna judge the fornicators and adulterers. Yeah, man, you you want to defile marriage? As it says here, marriage is honorable and the bed is on the file. That means that it's just you and your wife. Mm-hmm. It's not you and multiple men or women, it's you and your wife consummating a marriage. Then we have the fornicators who just do whatever they want all over the place. And this verse just reminds me of the word abstinence. Everyone's like, abstinence, oh my gosh, that word is so corny. It's so unpopular. And you're right, it is unpopular. Because not many people know what abstinence is or how to pursue abstinence. And I'm a perfect representation of abstinence. And it's possible to abstain from sex until marriage. I did not get married. Uh, I did not have sex until I got married, basically. I did not do anything else. I had, basically, my wife is my first girlfriend, my only girlfriend, and my only wife. And the only person I've ever committed, I've ever done what we're talking about today. And are you ashamed of that? No, I'm not ashamed of that. Some people would be like, oh, you didn't have. Multiple people. I've told people, no, I've never done anything like that. I've left people with their jaws open. You didn't go sleep with multiple people? No. It didn't make sense to me because I fear the Lord. We who abstain fear the Lord in the sense that we want to be a pleasing to the Lord. 
if we're not pleasing him, then, then what are we living for? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, what I believe that verse is saying is that we have to honor God in our marriage. It's not just honoring God before we get married and then we get married and who cares about God? No. That verse is saying we still have to honor God even when we're married. So when we're married, you shouldn't be committing to other people. It should just be that one man, one woman, and then it says the bed should not be undefiled, which means there shouldn't be multiple people. It should be one man, one woman, and that's it. God will bless that when you honor him and obey his commandments. And then Genesis 128 is basically is basically the way things are supposed to be with marriage. It says that then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and so do it, have dominion over the fish, the sea, over the birds, the air, and over every living thing that moves on this earth. That, that, that's the whole uh, point of sex. Of God said multiply. Sex is obviously the object of multiplication. Start your family with sex. Now, just imagine that you decide to have sex with multiple women, and multiple women become pregnant. You just put yourself in a position to have the basically the consequence of sex. Now, just the fact that it's just in a form that's defiled because it's not a family you started. You just made multiple women have kids, and now you got to figure out. How to balance that out in your life. Now you have kids who have a dad that's not even married to the mom, and that's going to be in and out. Child support issues. Mom just did a what, what they call one night stand. Dad did a one night stand, and boom. You just had a random kid pop up. No, it's not random. The, the Bible says that is what's going to happen. And from there on, you're going to have to figure out what you're going to do. And it's sad. We see broken families because of that. Mm-hmm. Well, what is meant to be together is actually separate because you do not do things under God's will. You do things on your own will. And when we do things on our own will, we pay a heavy price. A price that at the end of the day is not worth it to pay. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where abortion comes in because a man is with so many women. Some of those women might not be Christian. And so they get pregnant and then they're like, I don't want the baby and they go have abortion. An abortion, and that's that's the saddest part. It is true. Abortions um, are sad. Abortions can be easily avoided. Mm-hmm. You just don't have sex before marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, and unfortunately, that that is a reason why, because people don't want the kid. They don't want to pay the price of having kids. So okay, let me kill the kid through an abortion, and I save my problems. Mm-hmm. You don't save your problems. It's pretty sad. You did that mistake, you should man up to it, in my personal opinion. Because at the end of the day, you wanted to do this, not pay the price. But we always have an easy solution in life, right? The easy solution is, yeah, work. Yeah, that's the, you know, let's split up, let's divorce, let's, let's, let's uh, do a, a weekend uh, visits, and that's it. We, we fixed it, you know? You didn't fix it. Because a, a child deserves. A mother and a father, 100%, not 50% of the time. Yeah. Uh, what I believe that verse is saying is that God commands us to be fruitful and multiply. It, that verse doesn't say, be fruitful and multiply if you want to, or be, be fruitful and multiply if you feel like it. It says, be fruitful and multiply. You're supposed to get married and be fruitful and multiply. That's a commandment. We have to obey that. 
when we get married, you can't say, oh, I don't want kids. It's not your choice. Well, it is your choice, but it's not your, it's not your, well, let me rephrase that. It's not your choice to make based on your, your, like, I don't know, how do I explain it? Um, I'm sorry, I, I lost my mind. Kids is a personal choice. Yeah. I know the Bible says the, the ultimate is to, he told Adam and Eve to multiply. Yeah. But unfortunately, not everyone can multiply. Yeah. Unfortunately. Some people have conditions that don't allow them to. So that's why we have adoptions, yeah. fostering. And those are fine. I don't think there's anything against that. There's no, it's not a sin. The sin is when you go do something that you're not supposed to do, and then you have repercussions that affect others. That's the problem, you know, and you can multiply, have whatever many kids you want, but do it under what God says, under God's terms, so that it's blessed, not a mess that you don't even want to know how, how it's going to come out because it's not going to come out pretty, ever. The next verse is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 8. Flee sexual immorality, every sin that a man does. Is outside the body, but he commits sexual immorality sins against against his own body. So fornication, all that concept of the fact that you're doing stuff out of marriage, all sexual stuff out of marriage, is not just unpleasing to God and, and it's a sin against God, but at the same time you're you're hurting yourself, your body, sinning against your body. Your body was not made to go sleep with multiple women or men. It was meant to be with one. And it was meant for your wife or for your husband. And that's the way God wanted it. And that's what he says. It's sexual immorality. And it's outside of your wife, outside of your husband. And if you're married and you do it outside of your wife or outside of your husband, it's adultery. It's another step that you don't want to take either. Another step into defiling your own marriage that God established um, as something uh, sacred. Between you and your wife or your husband. Yeah, what I believe that means is exactly what Gabe said. Nothing should be done outside of your marriage. Once you're married, it should only be you and your wife or your, your wife and your husband. It should only be that. That's it. Nothing else should be done outside of that. Okay. Then we got 1 Corinthians, the last verse, 7-2. It says, nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have his own husband. That right there is the ultimate um, picture of marriage. You're dedicated to your wife or your husband, and that's it, and no one else. God expects you to keep up with that. You signed up to be married. It's a lifelong commitment with its own battles, but that's where you're supposed to be committed. Now, when you do it outside of that, you're not married. You're just what they call having a one-night stand with someone, and that's it. There's nothing serious. Just you filed onto the sack, but at the end of the day, you're not doing anything. You're just committing a sin. And that's the worst part. You're not pleasing God. You're not pleasing yourself. You may please yourself for five minutes and that's it, or whatever, maybe. And it's treated like nowadays, basically, it's against this. It goes totally against what the Bible says. It's, it's like a drug. We just have it whenever we want, just to feel good. And that's not what sex is about. It's, it's an unselfish act of you surrendering yourself to your husband or wife and vice versa. Your husband or wife surrendering themselves to you. Yeah, you said it, Gabe. I, that's what I believe that verse means. Gabe said exactly what I was thinking. 
So, uh, yeah, that's it for today. Uh, thank you, Gabe, for your time and Welcome. for reading the verse and everything you did. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we really appreciate it. Join in the conversation. Let me know your thoughts on everything we talked about today over at my Facebook page or my YouTube, Facebook at GOE316, my YouTube over at GOE with Christopher. Love to hear from you. Thank you so much for watching or listening. I'll catch you in the next one. See ya. See you guys.